new studio. Trying to get used to it. I'm loving it. Getting used to the layout. But we had a lot of stuff that happened this weekend. We had some more Diamond Leagues. We got more Diamond Leagues coming up. We have mm -hmm. some Continental Tours. There's one going on live right now. So ideally, you should do a little dual screen action where... Yes, get a monitor. Podcast on one end and Roberto? I think so. That's not how you say it. I think so. Roberto? Roberto, you know. I wouldn't know. I'm not good <laughs> with the English language. I think it's Roberto or something like that. Anyway, regardless, watch that. Grant Fisher's running, I believe, a 3K in Roberto in, like an, in an hour in yeah. Italy. It's in Italy, right? I don't know. I don't know. Enough of this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Coleman ran fast. Parsman ran fast. We'll get all into it. Addie Wiley did her thing. We'll talk about cross-country rankings at the end of the pod. Some controversy there cross country some people are not quite mm. happy with my rankings yes so gordon will explain himself i had to just i had to defend my honor defend yes. my ranking honor uh but before that we got to thank pistachios look at that we got them in studio yes, now it's so awesome we got no salt pistachios we mm -hmm. got salted everything's different flavors check them all out olivia I know. Do the ad read. You know, I think we're all looking for a delicious and nutritious snack, so look no further than Wonderful Pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of Wonderful Pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value, and it's one of the highest protein nuts out there on the market, but that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and their better-for-you unsaturated fats, which may help you keep feeling fuller longer. But Gordon, as you know, that's not always, that's not the best part about this. As you can see, we have a variety of flavors, different sizes that Gordon is showing us. Perfect, it's the perfect go-to snack to enjoy with your family, with your friends, as you're going in between meetings, picking your kiddos up from the carpool line, you name it, make sure you grab your Wonderful Pistachios because it is the go-to snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these green wonders can lighten up and power up your day. Pistachio sent us these, Wonderful Pistachios sent them in this box. Yes. And now I'm really excited. I'm very excited. I'm can we eat them? It. I don't think we can eat them. I think the flavor, I'm looking, so we have salt and pepper, there's roasted and salted. I want seasoned salt. I want the red one. What's the red one? That's the chili one. The That's sweet chili. I'm a sweet, But I think we can't eat them till December because they're our props now. Yes, they're the props for right now. Anyway, thank you, wonderful pistachios. Let's get right into it. Let's start with the headline coming off of the past few days. Yes. Officially, Sha'Carri Richardson and Noah Lyles are going to be in Prefontaine in Eugene two weeks from now for the Diamond League final. I'm assuming they're running both the 100, right? I think that's what the press release said. Probably should have done double check, but they're running the 100. And this is gonna be interesting in two different ways. Mm -hmm. Notably, Shakari, obviously, world champion now. She had the best year of her career. And we talked about it, how her career was probably at the lowest point when she got unfairly disqualified from the Olympics, mm -hmm. comes back, runs Prefontaine to get dead last. Yes. All the Jamaicans beat her. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of memes going around, a lot of trolling, a lot of LOLs. Mm -hmm. But now she has the ability to have the last laugh two years later. Yes. She's going to be there, likely racing some of the Jamaicans. I don't think Shelly Ann uh, Fraser Price will be there, but Sh Sharika Jackson might run in it. She's in the 200, she might run the 100. So it's going to be interesting to see the full two year arc for yes. Shakari Richardson from bottom of the bottom to now top of the top yes but she still has to win the race she still has to go there and win it but she's gonna be the heavy yeah favorite. i feel like she's gonna go into this meet with not as much probably pressure i feel like during the time remember how she always says like i'm not back i'm better you know just thinking about that year at the olympics like just everything that she has been going through to then now have to show up on that race day put together something she i feel like has finally blossomed into this wonderful butterfly and we're seeing the fruition of her labors right now and i just see her not really thinking about that prefontaine race i feel like she's going to go into this with you know her head held high as she should as you mentioned world champion going to be facing some of the best of the best which she's already conquered and has already been so far this season in the 100 meters so i feel like she's just going to go into this race and just continue doing what she's doing just having fun with it it would be kind of funny though if she goes there and loses it'd be like holy holy crap like because she's gonna be overwhelming favor i'm gonna look at uh 
I mean, Sharika Jackson will be there. Tolu will be there. And then those are really the only two that have a shot of beating her. I mean, yeah. I mean, basically Tolu and Jackson. Tolu could win. I could see Tolu getting the upset. She's very consistent. She had, didn't have the perfect uh, world championship final. Did mm -hmm. not get a medal. Jackson's good. So while Shakari will be the heavy favorite, if Shakari doesn't have an A minus game, and Sharika or Tulu have A plus games, yeah, right, A plus races, mm -hmm. it's a chance for the upset. So it's not guaranteed that she'll win, but absolutely. she's got to win. I mean, absolutely. I just think her mindset's a little bit different going into this year's race versus the Olympic year. Yeah, I hope that she embraces the circle of being here in 2021 yes. and mm -hmm. i hope that she like i don't know is there a way she could like she should change like her profile picture to that meme with shelly ann behind her like while she's doing the, the post-race oh, interview, post interview and just have that be her profile picture for the week leading up to prefontaine and then when she wins she updates the profile picture interesting let's do a little full circle a little full circle get people going <laughs> oh my goodness that's interesting. I kind of forgot about that meme, but I know what meme you were talking yeah. about. I yeah. wanted to make a t-shirt out of it. You did? I wanted to. It's not too late. I can still make the t-shirt. Memes live forever. Yes. You have a whole week. And, and they're called memes, right? Yeah. Not memes. I say memes. Yeah. Now, they're, if you say gif or jif? It's, it's supposed to be jif, but I say gif. I say gif. Okay. Because I decide how I speak this it's language. It's a G. So. Yeah, it's a G. Like, those... Jif, I feel like it would be a J. There was a very notable track and field coach mm -hmm. uh, ath and former athlete who used the word meme and called them memes. No, I was like, that's... Memes. I think it showed his age. Memes. All right, let's memes. go, though, into the men's side. Noah yes, Lyles, who um, originally announced that he wasn't going to run the Diamond League final. Yep. And then there was some talk about, hey, man, you're Noah freaking Lyles. You just won the one, the two, and the four by one. You got to run the Diamond League final. We need one last hurrah from you. And he then tweeted out that he's actually running the Diamond League final. Mm -hmm. But then I did some little bit of research. And the thing is, Prefontaine is not an invitational. It's a final that you have to qualify for. Correct. So you can't just be... I'm the best in the world. You let me on the track. You have to actually run the Diamond League races to get into the final. Correct. And if we bring up the current standings in the Diamond League, so Fred Curley's ranked one, Omanyala is two, Simbene three, Johan Blake four, Tobogo five, Thompson of Jamaica six, Bromel seven, Hartman eight, Christian Coleman nine, Noah Lyles ten. Eight people make the final. So in order for Lyles to actually be on the track, he needs two guys ahead of him to scratch. Yeah. Now, Does that also mean Christian Coleman would get in then? Yeah, Christian Coleman would get would... in before him, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're tied. Um, but technically, standing-wise. But standing-wise, I think there's the tiebreaker is most recent win. I think that's the tiebreaker. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm not qu quite sure. But looking at this result, you need... I think Bromel might scratch, right? he's not he's not healthy correct so i feel like that would be the person i would eliminate first so if bromel scratches that's still you still need one other person to scratch and it would be hilarious if joshua hartman from germany gets into the diamond league final over noah lyles <laughs> because he finished third in sweden and sixth in monaco and because yeah. he has those two results it's ranked higher than noah lyles now, the reason why we're in this situation is Noah Lyles only ran one Diamond League 100-meter dash. Correct. And Christian Colvin actually only ran one as well. They right. both won theirs. Most recent, though, like you said. And the fact that Coleman and Lyles only competed in one Diamond League 100-meter race... And they're about to be in a final. ...shows how much the top athletes actually don't care about the qualification process. The fact that Noah Lyles is like, I'm just going to run one... I'm like, oh, yeah... I guess I can make the final. I ran one Diamond League race. And I don't think these athletes actually think about it, the Prefontaine, as a qualification. They look at it as, oh, you know, it's pre. Yeah. I'm one of the best runners in the world. They're going to let me run. Right. So, I don't know. I tweeted at Noah saying, hey, man, are you qualified? He didn't respond. 
<laughs> so I, I did my due diligence. I try to find out, but I don't know. Let's see what the chat has to say. I'm going to bring up the chat. I don't know. I think it's just... Yeah, it's just interesting because, like you said, it's not because at first my brain was like maybe it's because he was the world champion, but that that's a completely different area. Like that doesn't even impact like who makes it into this final. That was my only reasoning. I was like maybe they're just gonna sneak no Lyles in because of that. Yeah, so we'll find out. But no Lyles in the final. We'll talk more about it as we get closer to pre. I think you're. Are you going to pre? I will be at pre. Yeah. Yes. We'll have people there at pre. See if no. Nor Lyles can continue that momentum, but that momentum has a little bit of a potential. Um, I don't think it's a guarantee that Noah's going to win that race because Christian Coleman just ran the world lead. Yes. 983. Mm -hmm. You saw Thompson run a, a, a 98 as well, getting second in the Diamond League race in China. Right. So I always thought that Coleman was the potential guy who could win the world title. He did not. He ended up finishing on the outside. But the guy just ran 983. Where was this for Coleman a week ago? Yeah. And I think that I, two weeks ago. You know, I talked about this on the podcast last week with you, or whenever we did the last one. That I was like, there's a lot of pressure going into Worlds. And I feel like now that, you know, Worlds is over, it's just kind of like this load is just off your shoulders a little bit. You can kind of just run freely. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if he gets first, last you know, middle of the pack here in this hundred. So I feel like Christian Coleman can just do his thing, puts together a great race. But the only way anybody's going to be able to take down Christian Coleman's if they can close, because we already know Christian Coleman has the rocket start. He's the best starter. We saw it in the four by one at worlds. Don't remove him off the first leg. So in order for anybody to take Coleman down, you got to be able to close. And Lyles can close. Right. He figured it out. He figured out be in the mix with 50 meters to go. And then you can, you can win it. But I, it's just interesting seeing the way the end of the season has kind of unfolded. Yeah. Coleman just didn't time his perfect peak at the right moment because mm -hmm. now he runs 983. I could see Coleman winning the Diamond League. I can see it too. Like, I could see Lyles lose, and it's like, whoa. Because Lyles, let's remember, yes, he's a 100-meter world champion, but he lost a bunch of 100 meters. Yes, that is very he true. He was not like a dominant 100-meter figure. He was dominant in the two, mm -hmm. but he wasn't dominant in the one. He was just dominant in the 100 in the one race that mattered most. Right, exactly. He put it all together when it counted. So I could see a situation where Coleman upsets. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Any, do we call it an upset though? Yeah, you got. Yeah, it's an upset. It's an upset. It's Christian Coleman. I know, but it's an upset. No allows is he's he's just won three gold medals. I just honest, I'm putting this out there. I would not be surprised if Christian Coleman. Wins. Oh, I won't be surprised either. I'd be like, cool. I think yes. it's actually likely. Yeah, I might even pick it. Oh, we're not. No, I might Gordon. Pick it. I might I'm, pick it. I'm stopping you right now. We're not I'm doing gonna pick this again. It. I thought Coleman was going to win the 100 at Worlds. Now he just oh, wins 983. Now I'm going back. He's going to the Diamond League final. That's what I really meant. When I predicted him to win the 100 meters, I meant he's going to win the last 100 meters, which will be the Diamond League final. Uh, okay. One other note. Curly gets third. Now we see... We saw Curly lost an earlier Diamond League. Then we see Curly not make the final at Worlds. And now we see him get third here. Something's up. Something's up. I, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see just because we know the talent that Fred has within him. And I'm just, and I've, I've seen him race a handful of times to know, like, when he looks very sharp and when he doesn't. And just how he looked in China, he did not look sharp. Similar to what, similar to how he looked at Worlds. Like Worlds, I remember telling you, I was like, something doesn't seem right. Like something seems off with how Fred is going through these rounds. I and mean, when obviously we saw him not make that final. And it was just kind of, I feel like we're still on that track right now with Fred. I don't know. Some things just need to sharpen up a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely not what we thought we were going to see. Mm -hmm. He would, we... We saw him kind of, I mean, he wasn't running fast times early on in the year, but he was winning, you know, close races. You know, like, all right, he's going to, he even said it like, I don't need to run fast now. I need to run fast later. He said right. that earlier yeah, in the yeah. season. So, but maybe there actually was something going on that he was confident that like, hey, just give me a couple months and eventually I'll be firing on all cylinders. And uh, it just didn't happen. Now, maybe he also could just like be a gamer and show up in that Diamond League final and 
get the win. I mean, that'll be interesting if Fred Curley were to win the Diamond League final over Noah Lyles, and then you could be like, all right, head to head. If yeah. Fred Curley is one and zero against Lyles, what does that mean? You know, if you that's why it gets really never, interesting after never, World Championships yes. because now you're thinking, dang, if Fred Curley was in this final, how would have Worlds turned out to be? You know what I mean? What's what's Fred Curley's uh, record? Did he race Lyles at all this year in the hundred? Um, Let me look it up. I'm uh, not too sure, but yeah, it just gets really interesting once we get like meets after World Championships. And, like, you're just expecting the people at Worlds who are, you know, placing and winning that the next race that they win or go to, you're expecting them to give you the same exact race. But each race is going to be different. Yeah, so Curly and Lyles have yet to race in the 100 this year. This will okay. be the first time. So, Curly could walk away, be like, I'm 1-0 against the world champ. Okay. Which in, makes in me technically for, the world champ. In order for that to happen, like, Fred needs to put the best race of his whole entire season on the line. For sure. In Oregon. Like, best start, because, again, you're going to have Christian Coleman. you got to be able to have a great finish. Like, all the pieces literally need to fit. Actually, Fred Curley's lifetime, 4-0 against Noah Lyles in the 100-meter dash. Okay, so... Can you make it 5-0? Can you make 5-0 or is he going to 4-1? I like how we. I was so high on Lyles. I'm like, all right, he did it. He proved us all wrong. And now he's 100% the fastest man in the world. But now I'm flirting like, hey, maybe Curly will beat him, go 1-0. Hey, maybe Coleman's going to beat him and get the last laugh. I just, I it's hard for me like, to like stay in love with the one athlete at the top. I'm always like, yeah, maybe I almost we'll feel like you feel like, do you feel like the world championships was a fluke almost? Like it was just that one race no. for Noah? No, I don't in think the it's In the 100. In the 100. No. I mean, you could say any race is a fluke. I think it's also disrespectful to call something a fluke. Yeah. But flukes are real, but they're also mean to say. Because, you know, I think that, you know, I say that in all sports. I mean, it's a fluke that Kansas City beat the Eagles. Like, the Eagles should have won the Super Bowl. It was a fluke. But that's not what happened. Right. Flukes aren't what is recorded in the record books. That'll be fun, though, if we looked at all of our 100-meter champions and 200-meter champions, mm -hmm. and we got to just say, fluke, not fluke, 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 not fluke, not fluke, fluke, fluke. <laughs> and reorganize it. Reorganize it. <laughs> we should just, yeah, we shouldn't even have races. We should just decide who would have won. Okay, so are you calling right now in this 100-meter is Christian Coleman? Like, who's your pick? I think Coleman. Okay. Okay. Coleman's ready. He did the this thing after the China win. Which is an homage to what Lyles did, which was an homage to what Bolt did. And then Bolt's just sitting back being like, I'm the fastest man in the world, <laughs> so whatever. Uh, so I'm excited for that. We'll, we'll talk more about, we'll preview that as we get closer to Prefontaine. Other sprint news, uh, Hansel Parsman ran 12.96 in the 110 hurdles, beat Holloway. Holloway actually got third. Roberts got second. Mm -hmm. Now, Parsman, you know, Olympic champ. He got a medal. He got second at World, so... This is like a, a, sorry, struggling word. This is a normal performance that I would expect out of Parchment. He yeah. should be able to run 12-9. Mm -hmm. The thing, though, is seeing Holloway lose, it does show as great as Holloway's been. He's won three global golds with a silver uh, at, um, at the Olympics. His greatness is there. Oh, he's proven that, yeah. But there are still some holes. There are. And the holes are... He's prone to get beat. Yeah. In, you Can don't, we say that about Ingebrigtsen too? Yeah. Josh Kurt, like... Well, no, Ingebrigt... Well, not Ingebrigtsen does not lose in the regular season. Jake, Jakob does not lose. Yes. Jakob now with two losses to the Brits is a little weird. But Holloway, like, he lost that Devin Allen race last year. Mm -hmm. He lost to Broadbell a time. He lost a parchment at the Olympic uh, Games. Now he loses this race to, to Roberts and parchment. Mm -hmm. It's just like... Dude, you're the best. You can run 12-9 in your sleep. Mm -hmm. You've won three global golds. Why do you keep on having these weird upset moments that we can never predict? Like, how does or he maybe lose his race? Parchment and Roberts just were that much better that day. Well, like they, maybe like Holloway was where he's supposed to be, but they just did a little bit better. No, I don't think that. I think Holloway. We're talking about an Olympic champion here. I don't. I think Holloway underperformed as opposed to Parchment overperforming. Okay, that's fair. 
That's Every fair. time Holloway loses, it's an underperformance. It's not an overperformance oh from the competition. Goodness. Okay. Well, I feel like, like I said earlier, that each race is going to be completely different. We don't know what was going on with Grant going into this, yeah, this race. Yeah, I mean, it's in, it's in China. It's travel. He's he's like celebrating winning three golds. It's like yeah, he I he didn't it. win it counted. Yeah, like world championship. He did not is care like the end game. Which kind of just ruins. And that was it. That kind of ruins though the the point of these races because you know we Holloway's talked about like this. just not we, we talked folks. about it it just should be world championships yeah and like that's it that should be it we should stop end the podcast stop well no we go into cross country going to cross country <laughs> we don't stop the podcast we just switch seasons yeah yeah just switch seasons yes so but my, yeah my reaction there is that Holloway as great as he's been mm-hmm. and as great as he continues to be he's prone to be beat yeah which is weird. The typically greater greatness doesn't get doesn't lose, but Holloway finds ways to lose these random races here and there. And man, he I know for sure he's gonna put he's he does not want to lose next year because Oh no. If he goes on winning every world championship but losing every Olympics, that'll be like the worst. Oh gosh, I don't wish that upon anybody. Yeah, no. That's what, tough. What if he That's really hard. Imagine winning every single gold. At a world championships. Then you get to the Olympics. And then he wins in 2025. So he'll have four golds. And then he wins in 2027. Five golds. Then he loses in 28. No, I don't wish that. I'm not putting that out there. He'll have five five golds and three silvers. And those three silvers are all at the Olympics. (laughs) And the five golds are at the Olympics. Even though it's the exact same race. There's no difference. It's the same people. It's just a different year. Anyway. That would hurt. That would suck. Would you rather have five global golds, world championship golds, and three Olympic silvers, or three Olympic golds and that's it? Oh, that's hard. (laughs) Three Olympic golds. I would say three Olympic golds. Over five world championship golds and three Olympic silvers. Actually, no. It should be, yeah. Because I feel like if I was to get the golds at the World Championships and silvers at world at, um, the, at Olympics, the Olympics, at least I'm showcasing that I can make a team every single time. Yeah. And I can medal every single time. But when you talk to the average person on the street, they'll be like, oh, you never won the Olympics? He says, no, I won this Who thing called the World... The average person. I won this thing but, called the World Championships. Okay, what would you pick? I feel like that... Yeah, I would say... I would pick the five... Five? Okay. Five golds. Because I would not care that. Because I think for the most, honestly, the average person, they get really excited to hear you're an Olympian. They don't care if, like, you're an Olympic gold medalist. This is what you say. I'm an Olympian and I won global gold. They'd be like, wow. And they'd think that meant Olympic gold. But you yes. global gold. You just, like, sneak. You put the word, I'm an Olympian in the beginning of the phrase. And I'm a. And I'm a global gold medalist. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And so they go home. And they tell everybody, and, and I they just tell an everyone, Olympic gold medalist. I just met an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. And you didn't lie. I bet you Holloway does that. I bet you says, yeah, I'm an Olympian and I'm a no, global gold medalist. I highly doubt. I'm an Olympian and three-time gold medalist. I highly doubt Grant does that. But yeah, but like the average person, I think it's really exciting when they hear that. They you don't have to say global gold. You just say, I'm an Olympian and I'm, and I'm a gold medalist. You can just say Olympian, period. I'm an Olympian and I'm a three-time we gold medalist. We should go medalist. out in the streets off, you know, here in Austin and be like, I'm well, Olympian. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not to say. Well... I'm a world. We're writing. I'm a world. We're writing so. Holloway's story. Yeah, we're writing Holloway's yeah. story beforehand. He has the ability to get the gold mm-hmm. in in a Paris, but yes. Uh, either way, he's he's great. So, let's talk a little bit about some distance stuff. Oh no, one one more uh, sprint news. Uh, Elaine Thompson hurrah. She ran ten ninety two. Yep. Very impressive, especially from where her season began to where she is now. Where she could not even break eleven seconds. Then she runs 11 flat. Now she runs 10.92. And while the rest of the women's 100-meter field kind of moved on without her because they're not going to wait around for her to get back into her true form, mm-hmm. you got to think that if Elaine thompson Ra can get this going, get this momentum going, 
she will be back to being one of the main factors in 2024 mm -hmm. to go up against Shakari and Sharika Absolutely. and Shelly Ann. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that uh, this is signed that 2024 for her is going to be a good year? Or do you think we still have yet to see enough for her to be in that 10-6, 10-7 world? As we know, a lot can happen in a year. Yeah, So much true. can happen in a year. I think this is going to help her confidence. I think breaking 11 is like that ultimate confidence booster for her right now. Saying, okay, I can finally dip underneath that mark. She did it, 1092. And I feel like going into her fall training, going into 2024, she's going to build upon that. So I think she's ending her season on a high note versus like where she was in the beginning. It's just going to catapult her forward for sure. If we bring up this uh, Diamond League standings uh, graphic, she's currently ranked 13th. There's one more Diamond League 100. She's running the 100 in Brussels. Yeah. Let's assume she wins that. Okay. She gets eight points. So she'll go from six points plus eight. That gives her 14 points, which puts her tied for eighth. With Do we know if any of the people yes. in front of her are There are people be... in front of her, like uh, Zoe Hobbs is in front of her. So if she got second, Zoe Hobbs would stay above her because she'll yeah. get to 18 points. Mm -hmm. So there is a There's a lot of math. There's a lot of math, but it's... <laughs> I think, though, even though she... Because I would want to see her in that Diamond League final to see, like, all right, let's see where you measure up with Tolu, Jackson, and Shakari. Yeah. You're not going to beat them, but if you can, like, show, like, you're, you're closing in, that's going to get... But I think we're going to need some people to scratch for Thompson Hurrah to get into the Diamond League final at last yes. minute. Because even with the win in Brussels, she might still be on the outside looking And just at. even looking at the, the standings right now, a lot of these are big, well, names that we know, like... Talu, Sharika Jackson, Shakari, obviously we know. Like Dina Asher Smith, TT Terry, like these are individuals I can see like not scratching. Not scratching. Yeah. So Sabota is also a talented individual too, so it's just like Yeah. Don't see him scratching. You know? That concludes the sprint section of our podcast. Yes. So all you sprint fans, you can log off. We're gonna go into <laughs> distance news and all the distance fans, welcome. Welcome. That's one thing I'm learning podcast. is there's there's Three types of no, four, four. There are four types of track fans. Okay, let's hear it. There are distance track fans, okay, which are unique species. There's the sprint only track fans, which I love. They're my favorite. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to power rank the track. I'm going to power rank track fans right now. We'll do pa track fan power rankings presented by Wonderful Pistachios. New segment. <laughs> All right. Gordon's top five track fans. I thought you said four. Well, I'm adding the fifth because. There's, there's five. Okay, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Number five. Let me take notes. Five. Is the the European track fan who just like enjoys the element. They're just like very casual. The casual European track fan. And by casual European track fans, like they just enjoy watching people run in circles. They enjoy watching people jump, throw. They just look at the athletic. They call it athletics. They don't call it track and field. Those type of people. Okay. They're very casual, though. They're not, like, diehard. They're just, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? Oh, it's going to attract me. That's number five. Okay. Number four are the field event fans and race walk. You're putting them together? They're all different people, but together they form a union. And they are great fans because they're dedicated to one specific event. Like, they're diehard shot put or they're diehard javelin. They really go all in on one specific event. Now, they're only ranked fourth because I don't look at, they're not, they're just very specific. They're very um, niche Okay. about just one thing. And so, like. Isn't that what Sprinter fans are like? No, Sprinter too? fans are not as niche. Okay. No, no. If you, like, Sprinter <laughs> fan, they're, they're, they're involved, you know, because Sprinter fans are in the one, the four, the hurdles. Like, they're getting a little at the four by ones, the four by fours. They're getting all over it. Shot put fan. They're just talking about Ryan Krauser and his greatness. <laughs> right. Pole vault fans, they just love Mondo. So, okay. so field three. event fans are three. Number number three is distance fans. They're interesting. They are a unique element because they take they take it they take it too seriously. <laughs> they get a little too intense. 
Then it, yeah. it's like a religion to them. Okay. This distance fans look at track and field as a religion. It's like the way diehard like football fans, base basketball fans, they care about the nuances of every distance runner, and they get up. You know, doping news is like the most important thing to them. They they always want to count someone out. They always want to. Uh, they always want to measure. She's like, what have you done for me lately? It's a very like cutthroat reaction right okay yes and it's very they're also very biased they're very like they never want to let go of someone they always think that person still has an opportunity still believes right they're very biased okay which is like the way a sixers fan is i'm very biased I'm, or eagles fan very biased okay so they're good fans because they're biased and they're religious about it okay so it's two number two is uh, sprint fans. I'm curious about number one. Yeah, you'll see. Number oh one. Gosh, wait. Number one. So sprint fans are the best. I love this. I have a heart for number two. They're the best because they um, talk a lot of shit. <laughs> and that's the best thing about it. It's the best thing about sprint fans. They talk all the shit, and it's Man. great. They they're passionate about it, and they, yeah. they you know they all. They'll talk shit, yeah. get proven wrong, and then the next day they're back to talking shit again. Okay. They don't. They don't let losses affect them. Like whatever. I still, you know, who cares? No I'm loss. I'm curious that you say that about loss. sprint fans. What you don't think they? Don't... No, go, go ahead. Am I wrong in that assessment? I don't know. You don't think they talk shit? I, I feel like I'm a sprint fan. There's some very interesting corners of the internet and around the sprint community. To talk I'm a lot trying of. Trying to wrap my head around what's number one at this point. One, I'm saying the best. Is it the Gordon fans? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. There are no Gordon fans. Wait. Okay, European, so to recap, so so European track fan casual, they casual, enjoy it. They enjoy it. Four, you have it with race walk, field events. Field they're right. they're very like in tune. They're really the committed to an event that not many, that's not as popular. Three's distance fans. Because they are biased it's, and religious. Okay. Two. Talk sprint trash. fans, because they talk fans, talk, they talk their shit. And they come back. And they, they, don't, they take L's, but then they just bounce back up. All right. So number one is, drum roll. Okay, I'm going to be honest. You didn't have a one. I did have a, I was trying to come up with my one while as I was. As you were doing, I didn't, I was doing I my didn't list. do it. Because you were like, you started out with four, and then you added five. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay. And so there's my one. I'm, it's one. Of, I'm gonna go one of two ways. Uh, one should be like the Hayward Field fans because those are like. I the, feel like they're a combination of all of. Yeah, but they're these a little. They're like, oh, come on, a little obnoxious. They're like, oh, so Hayward, Hayward Field. Field. Yeah, they but they're, are they're, like no, diehard track and field. Yeah, but fans. I don't like the elitist of it. I don't like the elitist of it. I don't like well, the I'm trying to figure out what number one could be. Okay, number one is one of two. There's two. There's two ones. Okay. One is funny. One is everyone has the track fan in their in their friend group, or it's like who knows nothing about track, who's like the. Uh, you rated this from. But I always types think it's but, but no, no. Wait, basically, what I'm saying is the track fan who knows nothing about it and is very just naive and are like, like just they're just. I'm tossing that one dumb. out. Tossing that one yeah, out. What's I'd, the other one? Okay, yeah, we should toss that one out. I just think it's funny when I talk about track when someone doesn't know anything about track, and it's like it feels like the, the conversations are definitely interesting. Yeah, and that's it's enjoyment like for me. Explaining a four hundred meters to someone is quite interesting. Yeah. I'm like, when people ask me what event did I do, I'm like, okay, four hundred meters is one lap. Yeah, I did two hundred, so yeah, half of that. Yeah. And then they ask oh. you what your mile time is. Yes, then that's the next question. What's your mile? I time? think it's fun to have those conversations. It reminds you that our sport is niche, and it's okay. Okay, wait, what was the other one? Oh, so Before the real the to... real number one? Well, no, you said you had a two. You said the a second number one. Yeah, second number one. What was the other one? Because we tossed out the. So it's a subset. Fans. It's a subset of the sprint fans. It's the Jamaicans. I think we should just have Hayward Field fans. It's the Jamaicans. Okay. It's Jamaican. Jamaicans. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that one. That one can stay. Yeah. Because so they are number one. They are. What and all track fans Hayward, should be like. Hayward Field fans. No, Hayward Field fans should not be on the list. This is my well, list. I made the list. This is the Gordon Mack presented by Wonderful Pistachios list. So, recap. European casual fans. 
diehard niche field event race walk fans. Yep. Distance fans because they're biased and religious. Sprint fans because they talk all this shit and they come back for more. I'm really curious about what the chat thinks. And then number one is Jamaica. That's it. Okay. Those are the rules. And I really think Hayward Field fans should be. No, they're not on my list. They should be. That's on, on your list. It's on my list then. That's on your list. Okay. All right, let's let's move on now. Uh, speaking of <laughs> the, one of those fans, uh, in the sprint world, I mean the distance world, Addie Wiley of NAIA, she's uh, going into her sophomore year. She ran out of her mind in the 800. She ran the second fastest all-time mark for an active college athlete, running 157 in the 800, second mm -hmm. to a thing most 155. Uh, she's going to run the Diamond League in Brussels in the 1500 now. Annie Wiley, she kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. And we, you know, I mean, obviously there's conversations about her coach and the situations that are happening with you know, John, Coach Johnson, and all that stuff, and we're not—we don't want to get into the that part of it. I was more and more talking about the athlete side of it. Yeah, she's a—I guess she's a teenager, right? She's nineteen. She's probably nineteen. I'm assuming. I don't think she's turned twenty. She just ran one fifty-seven, and she's nineteen. She's nineteen. She just yeah. ran one fifty-seven. Her career is still a much ahead of her. This is something that. You know, people are going to need to be on the look for her in 24 and 25. Yeah. Where I see, if you saw this improvement in year one, year two and three is going to be massive. And Addie Wiley is someone that's going to, for like it or not, is going to be in the picture in the women's distance side for the U.S. in both the 8 and the 15. I think that she's probably should focus on the 15 because I think breaking up a thing Mo in the eight is a gargantuan task. Mm -hmm. Be throwing 157 speed with four flat 1500 meter capabilities, she should be able to run in the 350s. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring bring up Addie Wiley because again, I heavily worked with mile splits, so I'm very familiar with the high schoolers that are competing. And Addie Wiley just recently graduated, and she came out. I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but she wasn't an individual. She was at the top of our radar. But she wasn't someone that, like, blew me away quite yet until the very end of her senior year. And she just, like, put all the... It, it was, like, a snap of the fingers. Like, a sparkle moment where she was able to put everything together at one time during the outdoor season before she went off to college. So when I saw this 157, I was like, Addie Wiley's doing this again. Like, she kind of, like, sneaks in there when you least expect it and then puts out like an enormous mark. So the fact that she went from a 204 to win outdoor nationals in 2022 to 157 is like insane. That is, and it is a pretty crazy drop in yes. one year. Yeah, yeah, People normally don't go that fast that quick. Right, uh, so when I saw this, I was like, Addie Wiley? Like, our girl Addie Wiley from Indiana did this? Like, it's, it's so incredible. Yeah, I mean, she ran 159 prior to this, uh, beginning of August. So it was like a second and a half PB right. from her 159. And you could argue she was probably under-raced for a collegiate because she was in the NAIA world where she didn't really have to push herself. I mean, she was winning national championships in 204 and 414 mm -hmm. at the NAIA. So, like... Her season, while she is, has a long collegiate season. Mm -hmm. I think she didn't really have much of a peak that these NCAA athletes had mm -hmm. in indoors and outdoors. Right. That her peak really was USA trials and the month of August and September. Right. right. So we're seeing kind of where that comes. But she's now around 403 for the 1500 with the 157. She's probably going to flirt with breaking four in um, the Brussels Diamond League. And uh, she's going to be someone to watch for it. And, you know, you see Elle Purier is going to come back from pregnancy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey McGee, she finds a way to make every team. Nikki Hiltz, we know what Hiltz has been doing, making teams and running fast times. Cranny can run a fast 1500. Schweizer will be coming back from injury. Um, who, who else made the 1500? Oh, Sinclair Johnson. Yeah. So the women's 15, 
is going to be a hard team to make at the Olympics. Oh, absolutely. That's going to be tough. Yeah, who would... Oh, I don't even Olympic know. pick. Oh, I don't even know. I mean... That's hard. That's, you just named, like, ten athletes. I'm like, yep. I can see... Yep. I can yep. see Wiley. I think it could be Nikki, Wiley, and McGee. Which is crazy to not put Sinclair Johnson on the team. That was or, a name that literally... But then if, if I think Mo does a double... I don't know. I don't know if she's... Do you think she's going to still do that double? No. You think that was... They, I think a thing and Sydney are going to do the doubles because it's the Olympic year. Or maybe oh they're gosh. saving their double for 2028. I don't know. But Yeah, let's just save it for four years. Down we'll save road. it for four years. But yeah, I, can, I, I would look at Wiley as an equal shot of making the Olympic team as a Sinclair Johnson and a Corey McGee. Okay. I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. I'm just so shocked with this 157. And Addie is definitely a strong runner in that 1500. I don't know. She's just sneaky good. It's just like when when it clicks, Gordon, it clicks. Yeah. That's the thing with Addie. When it's all, when all the pieces to that puzzle are put together properly, Addie Wiley is a whole nother beast. I can see it happening. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. One other thing, uh, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, we don't need to talk much about it. He's running the 2K in the Diamond League in Brussels, trying to break the world record. I know nothing about, one, how to run a 2K, one, what the world record is. 444.79. Yeah. What does that even mean? Is that fast? Is that slow? Is that who cares? Well, it's one of the oldest track records set yeah. back in 1999. Because it's not a real record. It's a fake record. It's, it's not a, a fake, fake record. Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm going to go run the 2,100-meter the world record. Okay. Do it. You're going to do it right outside yeah, of the track out there? It's not a real <laughs> record. I'm not going to get excited about it. I'm not going to give him bonus points for it. Like... Jakob, just go run a 1500 and break the 1500 meter world record. Don't do this 2K shit. Well, he wants to do a 2K. Literally, 2K. This is like a he video game. He wants to do a 2K. Why? Let the man do a 2K. Do you think he's going to walk around and... What do you, do you think he's going to be like, well, he's got the 2K world record? Yeah. You know, I wanted to win the 1500 gold title. You can say he's a world record holder. But I won that 2K Do you know world how many record. wild world records are out there? This is something that Ashley Titians and I talk about quite often, actually. There are some wild ones out there. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on, should we talk cross country? Let's talk some cross country before we sign off. Now, cross country season really doesn't start yet. I mean, technically, it started this past weekend. We had some time trial type results, mm -hmm. uh, but the real season doesn't start till like September twenty third, where we're going to see a lot of top teams compete in Virginia, and then we'll get more information in October. But like it, school started, so we got to start ranking them, and so we ranked. We got our rankings in for preseason on the men's and women's sides team. We'll start the men's team rankings. And surprise, surprise, NAU preseason ranked number one. You were repping the shirt the other day in the I, office. Yeah, well, they're, proud. they're good. They're good at, they're good at running. <laughs> um, but on the men's side, there really, really isn't much surprise. NAU's one, BYU's two, Oklahoma State three, Stanford four. Those were also the podium teams last year. We, look, we moved BY up to two over Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State one of their, lost one of their top returners. BYU returned everyone. Kenneth Rooks looks even better. So they throw in Kenny Rooks, who made the, the, the world team in the steeple. BYU will be NAU's number one challenger, and I don't even think it's going to be close. I don't think Oklahoma State or Stanford will be in the mix with NAU and BYU. This is going to be a repeat of dare I say it, the 2019 season where NAU lost. NAU was Gordon. going... Gordon! NAU was going for the... Gordon! How dare you! NAU was going for the 4 P. They went into that season as the, the best team on paper, and then they lost to BYU. NAU now going for another 4 P. They're going to enter this season as the best team on paper, and BYU is going to be the team to challenge them. Now, I'm not saying the same result's going to happen, but there's going to be a lot of uh, PTSD you think so? For for Mike Smith and NAU because he's like, it's BYU again. Crap, we're going for the four Pete. Uh oh, they're they're gonna be good. So I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen, but we could see some deja vu, or we could see NAU finding a way to overcome that deja vu and get the win and pull off the four Pete. Um, NAU ran uh, at um, 
their home opener, and they ran better than they did any other year before. So they look like they're firing on all cylinders. Um, I guess Wisconsin is the one team ranked fifth. They kind of can sneak up into the mix, maybe get on the podium. And I think the big surprise team that we have in our top ten is Texas. Yeah. Texas. They got a transfer from Stanford, Devin Hart, who's be All-American. Uh, but Texas is our kind of non-conventional top ten team that we have ranked seventh on, on the, the men's side. Let's move over to the women's side. Now, the women's side is interesting. Women's rankings. NC State's going to stay one. Mm-hmm. They won last year. They returned pretty much everyone. They got Caitlin Tui, Kelsey Camille, one, two. They're, they're looking good. They're going to be the favorites. Florida, the team we have ranked fifth. Yeah. They weren't ranked at all. They didn't qualify for the meet, but they got a, a ton of New Mexico transfers. They got an Alabama transfer. They have the recipe to put together four strong women behind Parker Valby to potentially podium. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not going to be easy because some other teams in the mix. NAU looks good. They were sixth last year. They returned a bunch of women. Colorado was 11th last year, but they add in some transfers. Notably, they have a transfer from New Mexico. Uh, they got Marley Starlipper from NC State. They're going to be in the mix. And they also have a great incoming class And they have a well. good incoming class. And yeah. One team that's not listed here is New Mexico because Joe Franklin left New Mexico, so all the women also left, and they all got... One one went to Northern Arizona, one went to Colorado, uh, one went to Florida. So all the New Mexico women are basically the reason why the Floridas, NAUs, and Colorados it just all, kind of all shifted a little bit. Shifted to go up against NC State. So yeah. NC State was like, all right, we beat New Mexico. And then New Mexico's like, what if we just divide everyone up and go into Colorado, NAU, and Florida and see if that one of those three can beat NC State? Uh, nice little game plan. Yeah. And then the big surprise here, which uh, the coaches did not really agree with, is I put Oregon second. They were 14th last year. Yeah, what, what was your thoughts on so, this one? The thought is there's some eligibility issues, I'll admit, because I'm not sure the 100% the transfer rules, but there were some late additions to the Oregon roster, notably like Mia Barnett from mm-hmm. UCLA, who is a top 20 runner. And if Oregon gets another top 20 runner, you subtract their fifth woman and throw in her as a number one woman, it makes their team good enough to be a podium team. Okay. Now, there's likelihood that she won't be eligible, but things change. People, eligibility comes in and out. Yeah, I can run all of a sudden. So I looked at it. I was like, I look at their incoming transfers, international and and collegiate-wise. You look at their... The way they they put three women in the fifteen hundred meter final, mm-hmm. it's a six k. This isn't a ten k. Right. It's going to be a sprint. If it starts off slow in a sprint, Oregon's going to have. I said a six k is a sprint. That's great. It okay. is a sprint. It's a sprint. They're going to jog for four k and then run a two k and try to break Jakob Ingebrigtsen's world record. <laughs> uh, but Oregon has. They don't have the, the the talent when it comes to 5K, 10K, but they do have the talent when it comes to the to the mile and 3K. And I think, you know, Jerry Schumacher and Shalene Flanagan, they're great. Co- they're good coaches, and I think they're going to find a way to take the talent that they have and put together a podium caliber team. Uh, and I think they're kind of overlooked right now. I think they're kind of just looking. Oh, they got 14th last year. But I'm like, they have a bunch of women run sub 410. I was like, mm-hmm. that means something. I know it's 1,500. It's not for 6K. But I do believe mile times matter. You see great female milers every year find a way to finish All-American who aren't really notorious at running fast 5Ks. Um, and I think that could happen with Oregon because they have a bunch. They don't just have one. They're not relying on just one person. They got some depth. Now, if Mia Barnett doesn't run, then they're probably not going to finish second. But... They could still finish top six. So we'll see. Once we see them run their full squad at Bill Dillinger, we'll make an assessment. Okay. So stay tuned. I went on a long rant. I did the rankings. No, I, I appreciate the breakdown. I'm educating the you. Process. Yeah. No, that was great because I know there were a lot of questions on some of these rankings. So yeah, I'm glad that you are walking us through what was in your brain to give us these rankings right now. So and I it do, makes sense. And I do have a prediction. What's your prediction, Gordon? But I know if I announce the prediction, it won't happen. Okay, so don't say it. 
just remember this episode, and then when it does happen, should I not? And then be like, hey, Liv, remember that episode where I told you because the reason was in my head, and I didn't want to say it. Don't say it. But because the it. prediction is, I'm predicting ah, no. something. No. Don't go there. I want to say it. But then you said it won't happen. So it won't happen. The reason why it won't happen is because the athletes will take that as motivation, and then they will, <laughs> and then it will go against what's going to happen. Okay. So say the opposite. I'm predicting a team won't qualify for nationals. And if I say I don't think you're going to qualify for nationals, they're automatically going to qualify. Okay. For so nationals. there's a team within the top ten. There's a team on the, on the women's side or men's uh, side. There's a men's team. They're not in my okay. top ten for okay. a reason. They're not in my top ten. I'm not. I don't think they're a team that when people are like, wait a minute, they didn't make nationals. Everyone's gonna be confused, and I'm like, yeah. Okay, so cool. But if I say it, they're no, gonna hear it, and I it's gonna it. be poster board, and then they're gonna make We're nationals. Good. Okay. So, so maybe I. The, nah, you you did just enough. But here's the thing. You did just enough. Is it wrong though if I don't say it? Because that means I'm not helping them. I should help them and tell them that I don't. No, because I'm in curious. Them. I I want to know, but don't. I don't want to know right now. I right. want to wait right, we'll keep this a secret. November, and then you hit me with... I should, I should write it down. How can we prove that I... We'll write it down. We'll date it. And then... I'll put it in an envelope. We'll make an envelope next podcast. We'll yes. seal it. And then we'll open the envelope of the team. Perfect. Let's do that. Okay. We'll do that. So be prepared. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Uh, we appreciate... You listening? Get some wonderful pistachios. Get some wonderful pistachios. These flavors look incredible, yeah. and I'm also hungry, so yeah. I'm ready. And uh, we'll be back on Monday, 1230. Uh, react to Brussels Diamond League. Get ready for Prefontaine. Uh, more cross-country news and stuff like that. Talk about the freshmen. Yes. We didn't even go into that. We'll talk about mm -hmm. freshmen we think are going to surprise. Freshmen that we might think are not going to do well. Because that happens. That does happen. I, I was big on Colin Salmon last year. Mm -hmm. and then he didn't run well at cross. Mm -hmm. But then he ran well outdoors. So sometimes they don't put it all together in that first season. They need like a season or two to kind of get yes. their feet wet. You know, go, transitioning to altitude can be hard for some of these athletes. So uh, we'll see what freshmen we believe in and what freshmen we don't believe in. Okay. Which sounds harsh. But we don't believe in them as freshmen. We believe in them as sophomores and juniors. I'm glad, I'm glad you extended that yeah. response. Because yeah. not every freshman is great. <laughs> That's very true. They all have seasons. There's probably... Had, yes. It's it's part of the... It's it's so challenging to go from the type of training you get in high school to then switching into the next level. It's always challenging. Yeah. Plus, the course load of schoolwork is 20 times harder. It's a whole thing. It's a whole process, so I totally understand that. I guess this is good, but not good. But Yard and a Goose, mm -hmm. freshman year, you finished 92nd at pre-nats, 24th at ACC's, which is pretty good, but probably about 19th in the region. Didn't even run at NCAAs. Mm -hmm. and, and look at him now. He's beating on Josh the world stage. on the world stage. Like So yes. you can have average or subpar freshman years and go on to be one of the great absolutely great NCAA it does not athletes. define yeah. your whole season so like and subscribe thanks for listening we'll be back here Monday 1230 thanks to Amanda for producing best producer in the biz yes <laughs> sorry Tyler I just you know gotta see, see it how I, I, I say it how I see it is that what the phrase is I don't know I say it. maybe good night <laughs> take care